guys, a beautiful morning to you all. Today's Bible study will be taken from 2 Corinthians 9 and 2 Corinthians 10. And our memory verse taken from 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. And it says, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Let's take a few moments to ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes, open our ears, and open our hearts to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is going to be saying to us this morning. In 2 Corinthians 9, Paul spoke about generous giving. He said by talking to the Corinthians about the promise they gave to contribute to the church of Jerusalem or Macedonia. Therefore, I found it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work, as it is written. He has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. I want to believe that every giver that has given cheerfully and generously experiences this. I don't know where that joy comes from, but every time I give or I do something that's from my heart, there's always this joy that I experience and it's always mind-blowing because I'm always just so excited for no good reason. I, I might, even my situation might not speak abundance or something, but I will be so joyful. And this will just keep on propelling me to keep giving and giving. But yeah, Paul says that those who sow sparingly will also reap sparingly. And those who sow bountifully will also reap bountifully. And it's also telling us that we should just give because... Our pastor is asking us to give. Or the Bible is saying you should give. Not of necessity or grudgingly. For God loves a cheerful giver. If it's something that is not coming from your heart and you're not happily giving, God will prefer you put it in your pocket and spend it for yourself. We move on and in verse 11, it started by saying, Yes, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gift to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ and they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. We move on to 2 Corinthians 10. And in 2 Corinthians 10, Paul spoke about his authority and how we can bring our thoughts to captivity. He started by saying, I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent am bold towards you. But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with the confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, 
we do not war against the flesh. For weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In this chapter, in this particular verse, Paul was talking about how we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But we, we wrestle against principalities and powers. And in verse 1, it said, Casting down arguments and every item that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of God. The devil talks to us through our thoughts. He plants evil seeds of thoughts in our mind. And sometimes we think that these thoughts are ours, but definitely not because the devil is at work. So Paul is saying that we should bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience with your obedience is fulfilled. Do you look at things according to the outward appearance? If anyone is convinced in himself that he is Christ, let him again consider this in himself, that just as he is Christ, even so we are Christ. There's something my pastor said in church on Sunday. He said, we have been redeemed to be joint heirs with Christ. That means everything Christ has access to, we have been given this access. And you know, before Christ left earth, ascended, he said that, just as the Father has sent me, I have sent you to, and greater works than I have done, shall you do. So, you actually have access to everything that Jesus Christ has access to. Power, honor, glory, riches, authority, everything you can think of, you have access to. You just have to build your faith up to that understanding. Paul went on to talk about what some people will say about him. And I find this funny, very funny because he said in verse 10, For his letters, they say, are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. It's very funny because, you know, through Paul's letter, it sounds like someone that is bold and this and that and that. But according to his letters, we see that physically, Paul is not someone that is so coherent with his words and all. Paul is like he's very bold with his letters, but physically he doesn't look like he's bold and it seems like he's weak. But then Paul is saying that for even though people might say that if, that yes, his letters are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and speech contemptible. Let such a person consider this that what we are in words by letter when we are absent, such we will also be indeed when we are present. For we dare not classify ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, for they measure themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. There's something I've noticed about most people that God has chosen. They don't look like the best. They don't look like the most qualified, but God has chosen them. Paul was saying a lot of people question his authority because of how he looks bodily. But nobody really thinks about the authority and power that he has. So Paul was just talking about that. And by the end of his of this chapter, he spoke about righteous boasting. That we should not just boast in the things that we can do, but boast in the things that God has empowered us to be and do. So in verse 17, he said, But he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. For not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. And this is how we end today's Bible study. I hope you guys have a great day through the inviting the Holy Spirit into your daily activities. I love you, and Jesus loves you even more.